0: Company Watch Financial Analytics.
1: Welcome to the Company Watch Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Hello. This week, we're recording a special episode to discuss the Grimsey Review COVID-19 Supplement. We're recording today on Friday the 19th of June, and the review isn't due out until tomorrow, so I appreciate the chance to have a sight of a strictly embargoed advanced copy. By way of background, Bill Grimsey is a High Street veteran. He cut his teeth at Budgeons and Tesco before running Wix, Iceland and Focus DIY. In 2013, he led a review of the High Street, the original Grimsey review, and then published a second edition in 2018, reflecting on what had changed in the past five years. Nick has been involved in all three of the Grimsley Reviews, so I'm really pleased that he's able to give us a preview of the research and a rundown on the findings today.
0: It's
1: a pleasure. So, the report is really impressive, Nick. It runs to about 70 pages, and it's got some research-based thought pieces and then some detailed case studies, and it was put together in the space of a few weeks. <coughs>
0: three and a half weeks.
1: <laughs> three and a half weeks. So it's, it's pretty impressive, and there's loads of interesting details uh, related to this kind of radical devolution of power to local communities. The idea of citizen assemblies, volunteer working, planning and transport re- reforms, um, and also, as, as you'd probably expect, an emphasis on the climate dimension. And the team very much see this as a contribution to the, the debate about a green recovery. So, I'd urge you to take a look at the full review, and we'll post a link to that on our website. So, for the brief discussion that we're going to have today, I'd like to concentrate on the parts that I'm most likely to have a direct implication for listeners, and that's the part that Nick has really been involved in, in researching and, and writing. Um, I suppose I'll start by saying that the the, the review is pretty blunt about the long-term impact that COVID is going to have on the the high streets. And the opening lines um, say it'll be blamed, COVID, for many things. But one thing is certain, it has accelerated the demise of town centres and high streets as shopping destinations and paved the way for a post-retail landscape to emerge. So perhaps you can expand on that opening thought, Nick, and reflect on what the team see as being the outlook
0: for, you know the immediate period and, and beyond. Delighted, Joe. Yes, <clears throat> I mean it, it's the retail um, has been the anchor of high streets and town centres for well, really, forever since post-war, <clears throat> and it began to become apparent about the time that we did the um, the review in two thousand thirteen, the first one, that there was a problem with why people would go into town centres and go to high streets. This was about the time when online was beginning to um, develop. A lot of retailers have been very badly hit by the uh, recession in 2008-2009, the global financial crisis. And so back then we looked at how could we make town centres and high streets more attractive places, more meaningful places. And we came back to it five, year, five years later, somewhat frustrated because pretty much the only people who take any notice of the first review um, were the um, the mayor and the planning officers at a small town in Flanders, a place called <laughs> Rojelaire, Belgium. Right. Um, the, there had been other activity in um, in the UK. It's a little bit unfair, but frankly, nothing very much. So we published, into, we updated in 2018, moved away from the community hub um, concept um, in the sense that I think everybody got that. Um, and then we talked about digitalization, about making a smart high street, uh, but still saying to uh, local authorities you need to do something about your. High streets and town centres, because for a lot of people they're no longer working. They're seen as antisocial. They don't attract young. The uh, condition um, puts off older people. And of course, online continues to grow and continues to grow. Mm. And and, behold, least,
1: and all the difficulties of getting there as well. You know, oh, like that and, and this, lot, this, this
0: horror story that um, town centres were designed around cars. And then you made made parking either impossible or too expensive. And really, you know, going to the high street, going going shopping in in the high street was not an attractive prospect. And there's so much more that communities could do. Mm -hmm. And here we are, now we have COVID-19. Now, we've talked in previous episodes about the state of the high street and the state of town centres before this all started. And just to give you a snapshot of that, we identified that 47% of all retail companies were in the company watch warning area as far back as October last year. So remember, that is on historic accounts. 2019 Christmas was not great. And so whatever figures we had there, 47% at risk of failure, would have been much worse if we could have had... Absolutely honest, up-to-date figures Yes, absolutely. Um, at, you know, at the beginning of the um, pandemic. Almost 42,000 retailers in the warning area, mm-hmm. 42,000 I mean, so retailers. Shocking like um, 18% were zombies with negative balance sheets, combined shortfall of $2.2 billion. so that's 16,000 retailers with a negative balance sheet. Yeah. Absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. 107 major failures since the start of 2018, affecting 126,000 jobs and f- almost 6,000 shops.
1: And, then and that, I, that, was, I was interested to see in that those figures, that doesn't, you we're not including the restructurings in that? Oh, those no, are CVA, failures, CVAs. There's more jobs that have gone, in fact.
0: I know, is not, you know, mm-hmm. not there, portfolio trimming not there, that's just the failures there. And An average um, H score for the sector of 36 out of 100. And Which for is below, the, we'd expect a 50, wouldn't we? 50, really? and, and for the smallest retailers, the average um, Uh, H score was 27. And 63% of them are in the retail, or in the uh, warning area. area. So that's retail. Um, Quickly on to to pubs and restaurants, again, uh, mainstay of town centres and high streets. 59% of pub and club and bar operators and restaurants in the warning area, 29,000 companies. 27% have negative balance sheets. That's 13,200 companies and an average age score for the whole sector of 28 out of 100.
1: So pretty bleak as well for both of those. So so
0: that's that's where we were before the pandemic and uh, probably in a worse position because of Christmas 2019. Mm. Now we have the pandemic. Uh, Everything's in lockdown. We're gradually coming out. The forecasts are saying, KPMG have published forecasts saying that a quarter of all current retail space will be vacated by 2023. That's three years away, a quarter of it.
1: They were expecting that. That was a trend that was expected to happen. But over a longer period, it's really the COVID crisis has really just um, accelerated that decline, hasn't it? And yes.
0: And, and, and a great again. microcosm of that is if you look at how John Lewis is reopening and you look at how it's gradually bringing a few stores on and a few stores on. And what they're doing, I'm sure, is looking at the places where they haven't reopened to see what's happened to footfall, mm-hmm. what shoppers are doing before. And I don't think they will reopen all their stores, yeah. John Lewis. I don't think I think they've said that already. So, yeah. um, and uh, there's been some research by the, um, uh, by, let's call it Harden's, the restaurant guide, um, fronted the research, saying that they're predicting that s- only 70% of hospitality sites Will ever reopen. So I'd rather flip that the other way around for what we're talking about and say actually 30% of pubs, clubs, and restaurants in town centres and high streets will be empty and are already empty, Mm. but not yet boarded up.
1: I mean so, that's interesting because I, I, I was I was talking to some some people the other day and they were reporting similarly on um, kind of on trade and in um, you know various various sectors oh, yeah. that people are already saying you know we're not going to be able to reopen It just doesn't doesn't work.
0: Oh yeah, I mean in top end there's been a, a parade of Michelin star restaurants in London and and mm. Manchester and Birmingham already confirmed they'll never reopen, and all sorts of mid market casual dining chains are saying. Well, we're going to come through this, but um, probably only half the number of, yeah. uh, of, of it looks restaurants. Quite so put all that together, and what you've got is high streets and town centres. Vacancy rate um, before the pandemic of 12.2%. My guess is that the vacancy rate, when this all settles down, when the furlough scheme runs off by, by Christmas next year, in many places of 30%. And these places, ain't never open again. You know, there, isn't, uh, there, there will be independent retailers. There will be people who will try their, their luck at running a restaurant or a cafe or whatever. It isn't going to fill 30%. So what we are saying in this review, and it's aimed fair and square at local government, is you have to do something about this. You have to do something about this because this is not something where um, the recovery is going to refill your empty high streets and your empty shopping centres. Mm-hmm. And you need them to think about things. And there's a wonderful example in the, in the review of Stockton on Tees. This is something that happened a couple of years ago. Um, very entrepreneurial, very far-thinking um, CEO of uh, Stockton on Tees, Neil Schneider. And among a myriad of things they've done to make that a buzzy place, it, you know, it's not very buzzy right now, but it will be again after after COVID, was they had two shopping centres, bang, slap next to each other in the town centre, both of them half empty mm-hmm. of shops and even emptier of shoppers. And what they did was to, the council stepped in and they bought both shopping centres. They bought the freehold. Okay. And they said to the people in one of the shopping centres, we're going to close this, you're going to move next door, we'll pay for you to do it. And planning, I think, has just come through, and they're going to demolish. The planning is the, the uh, shopping centre that they've emptied to create a green space, a park, which will have line of sight from the town centre mm-hmm. and a walkway down to a lovely riverside. The and riverside there's some
1: lovely there's some lovely pictures of that in the review. um yeah. that's definitely worth worth looking at. It looks very impressive. What they um, fabulous.
0: What so they've so what we're saying to the local authorities is actually it, uh, this is horrible. What's happening with, with with COVID? It's awful, but it's an opportunity. And this is the chance you'll never get again to reinvent your town centre, your high street. But what we are saying on a much bigger picture, um, much more macro um, view of this, is this is only going to happen if a number of key elements are now put in place. First of all, not to put too fine a point on it, central government needs to butt out and leave local authorities to do this. It needs to free up the planning. Um, it needs to empower local councils to get on, for example, it needs to give local authorities the power to use compulsory purchase order um, strategies to clear space. We say you have to we have to find out who actually owns. Town centers. Well
1: this is interesting, isn't it? So I was I was struck by um by one of the recommendations is about is around transparency of property ownerships. And there's a call on the land registry to make its data set um, available for, for free. And Neil Schneider points out that it was like a forensic investigation to actually work out who owned Vast parts of Stockton because of the, um, because of all the, the hidden yep. companies and offshore um, offshore structures that are being used, and I think you know that's something we certainly would, would very much welcome. Anybody who's dealing with risk, the, the most important thing is information, isn't it? It's being able to understand what you're dealing with, and, and the idea that that we should really try and get much more transparency around what the high street yep. who that, who's owning the high street is is obviously very important. Yeah,
0: um, and what we need is localism. You know, it's a funny old word. It's localism. And actually, the, the phrase we, we used in the press release um, about this is, we're calling for localism on steroids. <laughs> what we're saying is, hand, and it's not just, you know, this won't be done by the local government, you know, by the local authority. This will be done by the local community. Mm. It has to be a community initiative. And we call for all sorts of revolutionary things, things that are working very well in other places. Um, we think that um, young people should be given a voice through youth yeah. assemblies. We think that school children should be given a voice.
1: I thought that was volunteering, wasn't it? There was a, there's this idea yeah. about um, including that in curriculums for, for children to be able to volunteer. It's,
0: it's running successfully in Norway. They've okay, given. Okay. They've given children the power to express an opinion.
1: Mm. Just extraordinary. Wait, I have to say that this happens at my in a microcosm. It happens at my my daughter's um, nursery. They have a little school council where the yes. children are able to suggest things. Yep. And the swimming pool didn't get built, but I think there was a paddling pool that was. And it's quite feels, <laughs> it's quite quite nice to have that <laughs> that sense of um, of ownership or of something of an idea.
0: Yeah. So we need localism. Um, we also say that you need a different breed of local leader. Whether it's the local council chief executive, you need a more broadly based, more entrepreneurial type of leader to pull all this sort of um, thing together. And, and most of all, I suppose the core of it all is to say to everybody, the reason why it's got to be local is because there really is, it's a cliche, you know, one size does not fit all here. Now, the government um, was talking a couple of weeks ago, I, I believe it's a, it's, it's a sort of kite-flying initiative that may not be serious, about creating um, regional development corporations to do this. You cannot do this. It's got to be at a micro level. Micro like a town level. level. Nice. You know, and there is and, and the report is full of fantastic examples mm. where little local communities have come together and have created something really quite special and have reinvigorated and redesigned and reinvented a small part of a town, a high street, um a part of a town centre. So mm. that's what we're saying. And the other slightly um, anarchic core is you know, last couple of times we've said there are too many shops. Now we're saying there are too many streets. There are too many streets. And in New York, already under this, under the pandemic, they have started removing streets from the map. Really? By no. clearing areas. Um, and and we are going to, I mean, again, there's a, a, a huge campaign running in Soho at the moment to temporarily de-street some parts of Soho in the sense of making them pedestrianised to allow the restaurants to expand out. and like the garden, a cu- cafe, culture, isn't it? Yeah, Down the middle, under mm. an awning for when it rains, as, it, as yeah. it undoubtedly will do. And the idea is that eventually, and you, and you can find examples, uh, Portugal, um, they have uh, reduced the size of some of the town centre roads by, by two-thirds, created um, cycle lanes, and they've doubled or tripled the size of the pavement. To allow the cafes and the restaurants to come out. So, you know, to sum it up, really on, on that particular aspect, it's more green spaces and fewer streets.
1: Yeah, and this is interesting. So, I think that the um, there are some really quite radical um, suggestions in here, and you know, we we know that the, these reviews tend not to be taken taken wholesale. But I but I think that what what our listeners should be um, interested in is some of the. Um, some of the proposals that, that are likely to, to be taken up fairly soon. So I, I think the, the abolition of business rates is something that I think is going to be a very hot topic, isn't it, in, yes. in months to come. You know, if you have a, if you have a holiday and, and, and retailers survive that period, to say next March, well, okay, now you've got to pay your your business rates again i mean that's not gonna that's not happening so that's a positive thing in a way i think that 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 will lead to a um a change and we've also talked about reviewing of commercial property rents possibly and i think that happens already in cbas where um or or the 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 neighboring um tenants will will say look if you're going to have i think next are quite famous for doing this aren't they in their in their negotiations with landlords if if a cva gets a rent reduction on a neighboring property then they want to be able to have the the rent reduction as well so so linking more to the success of the the business and, and tying those fates together seems like a, a, a sensible um a sensible path to um to go down and i suppose you know i'm conscious that we're already um we're <laughs> it's so fascinating i could listen to to this for a lot but i suppose could you give us to, to sum up could you give us a um a sense of what you hope the outcome would be like the actual that some of the the key um the key next steps that we might hope to see in the next six months to
0: 12 months? Well, I think, I think there's an overarching theme here. <clears throat> so if we, if we start with the overarching, we'll come back to the detail. Sure. Um, I suppose it's appropriate in the immediate aftermath of um, Dame Vera Lynn dying that when the UK was faced with putting everything back together again after the bombing in World War II, there was a lot of redesigning um, of town centres and cities. And this time, you know, the front of the review says very clearly the strap line on the front is build back better. So, really, what I've been trying to explain is why the local authorities have got to build back because it's going to be a wreck mm. when this is all over. But what we're trying to do is say to them build back better. And it means more green spaces. It means local involvement. It means a, a better leadership. And it means a whole range of detail that will facilitate that. So, yes, business rates, um, archaic way of, of taxing businesses. Um, you need uh, planning to be much more flexible. Mm. You need um, CPOs to get round because one of the problems with what's happening at the moment is that eventually a lot of landlords will go bust. Who knows who these properties will end up owned by? Probably it's interesting that there is a record number of um, of um, asset distressed asset purchasing funds raising money at the moment. They're vulture funds. Really? As of this morning, there was an announcement record number of these rescue funds are raising cash at the moment, and do you know what they're going to be doing? They're going to be buying cheap assets. Mm. And then you give people like Neil Schneider, trying to put together his forensic um, uh, detail of who owns Stockton on Tees, then you've got him with the problem of, not only does he not know who owns it, but when he does find out who owns it, they're in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. So that's a, you know, there, there are 27 recommendations in the report. Um, of equal weight, to be honest with you, they wouldn't be there otherwise. Some are easier to implement than than others, but you know, I really would, um, you know, I would implore people if you've got a moment, read it, even if you only skim it, read the report, and just see what role you can play as a local stake, stakeholder. Mm-hmm. And many of our audience will have some sort of local stake through their That's involvement great. with companies. Um, Play an active role, and you will get a better environment in which to go on being a stakeholder in the future.
1: Mm. Thank you. I think that's quite a, that's a lovely conclusion. Thank you very much, um, Nick, and, and thank you all for um, for listening. As, as Nick has said, we, we will put the the report up when when we're out of embargo, and we can put the report up on our website. We will um, we will put it there. And there's a really actually a really a really nice um, forward from Bill Grimsey, who's who's written this and reflecting on on some of the the perhaps the mistakes he's made in trying to to fashion this identikit high street over over the years and really um it's quite personal Forward there which i'd I'd recommend reading so again thanks thanks very much nick thank you everybody for listening and um (laughs) be back again next week